podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday evening. This is the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav. I have with me Kev, Keith and Chris tonight for the next hour and 10, hour and 15 or so. We'll see how we get on. This show, of course, is brought to you by Failacon, our charity partner. And we will talk to you a little bit about them later. Um, <clears throat> I've just realised my voice isn't great. And... Uh, why is yeah. that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Must have Did been you have something sim- on yesterday or something? Must have oh, been something, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd say it was your 80s Whopper um, Spotify playlist. You enjoying that one, eh? Absolutely. Belinda Carlisle in it. Absolutely all day long. Um, so, there you go. Um, what a playlist. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, look, we're going to split this show into probably three parts. The first, the match itself. The second, the whole organisation um, outside the ground before and after. And the parade today that Liverpool um, players went on through the city centre. And anything else we'll finish off with in the last 10 minutes or so. Loads and loads and loads of people. Um in and watching and um, thanks a minute for that and um, this is the final day where we'll ask you to like subscribe share um but we'll always ask you to comment this is the final final day lfc aficionados has gav smoked 40 major <laughs> no it's a long time the last time i smoked a major was when i was about 16 i was robbing them on my dad yeah, <laughs> but, hardcore yokes yeah, then, they're, they're, um, they're 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 my dad used to smoke their proper gear um but look um let's get into it keith i'll start with you um a disappointing night for Liverpool in Paris in the Champions League final. For me, with a better side, um, starting eleven absolutely fine, no issues whatsoever. A lot of a little bit of confusion with regards to Thiago before the game, but he plays. Um, I thought Liverpool played quite well. I there was certain things they fell down on, but overall, I thought we were a better team that were just to be honest, we just sucker punched by Real Madrid, who on two occasions got into positions where. Liverpool had stopped them doing it, and um, those little half spaces, 30, 40 yards from goal. And um, yeah, it's just one of those where you take it on the chin, Keith, because that's all you can do. It's I, A lot of people would rather say, oh, we played straight and lost. You can kind of grin and bear that a bit more. But last night, I thought Liverpool played quite well and um, just come out on the wrong side of that 1 0 scoring. Exactly. I mean, look, I think. I'd rather get there, play well and not win. And I know I understand the reasoning of, you know, oh, we were shy. You get to the dance, you have to do your best. But I just felt, yeah, we were the better team. I didn't think Real were great. And they did catch us on the soccer punch. And that was their plan. I mean, they were very defensive. You know, they didn't want to come out of their defensive shape at all. And it was quite clear that the plan was just hitting the long ball, the diagonal ball into Vinicius to try and get him in on the counter attack. And I thought we dealt with it well. Um but we didn't have any cutting edge. That was their killer last night. Now I know Thibaut Courtois has a great game and he gets man of the match because he makes some excellent saves. But I genuinely didn't think we were good enough in, in attack. I thought we were controlling. We were dominating possession. 
But when it came down to the nitty gritty, I didn't think we'd done enough. So, look, I think you have to give credit for getting there. And that's what a lot of people, what's been annoying me all day is, you know, Liverpool fans, forget about rival fans, because look, we all revel when, you know, if Manchester United were to lose a Champions League or Man City were to lose a Champions League or Chelsea were to lose a final, we're all happy enough, you know what I mean? I, I don't go in for the the banter and shite, that culture and that, but, you know, you do have a bit of stick back and forth. I don't mind that. What's been doing my head in is Liverpool fans on the famous Twitter.com all day talking about failures and bottle jobs and this and that. And that absolutely sickens me because this team have been anything but bottlers. You know what I mean? They've been two games away from fucking greatness and they fell short. And look, it's a long season. It's a hard season. I just enjoyed them. And the, the game last night, I just felt... If we'd have had, and look, I've spoke about Mo Salah, you know, Diaz wasn't great last night, Mane wasn't great, uh, the front line just didn't really, didn't do it for us, and they've been the ones that have sort of put us where we are for a long time, we've been famed for our front line, last night wasn't that night, but look, I won't dig this this team out, you know what I mean, I think they're absolutely amazing, and we'll come on to other things you know parades and things like that and, and and what that sort of meant as well for me personally you know as a fan the the stick around that but look unfortunately we just didn't get over it but with any tournament and especially with the champions league you have to earn it it doesn't get given to you and fans seem to think oh real is shit and we should have won that we're the favorites favorites card the hill do you know what i mean the favorites according to the hill real madrid and our mugs real madrid their run to that final was if that was us, we'd be saying our name is written all over this. And because it wasn't us, people were running down Real Madrid. Look, a wily team, they had a plan, they executed it, and once they got one goal ahead, they didn't want to play and they absolutely killed the game. You know, we had a long time to get back into that and we just couldn't muster it. So yeah. it is what it is. I think, I think, like, you know, a lot of people in the chat there calling about a, a need for um, a proper number nine and stuff like that. I think from now I'm going completely on memory from with a few points of me watching it because I haven't watched the back, right? But what I found was we were dominating possession. They couldn't really get out of half, you know, mm -hmm. for a lot of the first half and yeah, they were throwing yeah. that ball to Vinicius and I thought Trent handled them really well for the vast, vast majority of the game. And um, Vinicius was always going to get a chance at some stage. That's just the way football works. But I thought Liverpool in the first 25, 30 minutes were playing really well. They were finding those little spaces around the box. They were getting a couple of shots away. Um, the fullbacks weren't great in getting forward, I, I will say that, but Liverpool, I think, were definitely intent on playing at a high pace and they they just didn't want Real Madrid getting the ball I think and Modric in particular mm. 35, 40 yards and go where he's able to you know that inside left channel where he looks up and that's where the chance for ben, or the disallowed goal from Benzema comes from yeah. and I think they were intent on that and that's why you're seeing Henderson pressing Modric really high and, and trying to get really at them and you know 26 shots or something to, to six or whatever it was and um, nine of them I think on target uh, one at, the one from Salah is a great save in court one just overall like I can see people and I can see their argument where they say a proper number nine you know um, but was there many chances there made yesterday that for a proper number nine that would be my only thing Kev you know if there's a few in the chat are saying like you know um Midfield was an issue. Um, the striker is an issue. 
Um, but but overall, it was a, just a really. It, I thought it was a decent game of football, but it was just one where we had some chances and didn't take them. They had two, took one, which was disallowed, and a second one that that they they took, and that's that's the margins you're playing in them. Well, the margins of the season were defined by a goal and a point. That's it. Over 63 games, it came down to a goal and a point was the difference between winning or being in with a chance of winning all four and coming away with the two that we did come away with. Courtois made outstanding saves. The one from Mane, where the, and he hit that with some venom with that outstretched hand onto the post and it went back out. Hmm. Another day that goes in. The one from Salah, it hit the outside of his forearm. But with the power that Salah put on it, it just guided. You know, it, you're, they're tiny margins. I really feel for Ibu Kanate because I thought he was outstanding he last was out, night. He was and outrageously good. Yeah. And he, when we were chatting, when me and Chris were on a Friday night, he was the only one that we had a debate over was, would you go for Matip's experience over Ibu's youth and exuberance? Bearing in mind, it's his home city. It's his first year. It's his first major final. And in he went into it and he was outstanding. He was absolutely top tier. Now, if we had a physical striker, a physical number nine, we play different. We would be whipping crosses in a lot more. I thought we were bigger. You know, we're physically a bigger side than there. Our set piece was poor. Set piece delivery from both sides was, was poor all night. Terrible. You know, the amount of times that we didn't beat the first man, and that's rare. That doesn't happen often. But you need – we're good on set pieces, so sometimes you need one one of those to go for you. We were the better side, but I'll tell you who I thought I had an outstanding game for them was Carvajal. Yeah, he Carvajal, was him penned as he, the weakest link, telling yeah. everyone who was how bad he is and we're going to kill him. <laughs> Made an absolute shit of me. <laughs> but Carvajal has got so much experience in Naus that – he I just, think he got a fair bit of help as well, though, Kev. Yeah, yeah, one, they one thing they I did didn't play was, that usual way. No, no because one thing you, I did yeah. notice was um, when Diaz got near it uh, and Carvajal was, when he was facing Carvajal, you would see one of Casemiro, uh, Cruz, or Modric coming and just shadowing. Well, Valverde, they kind of kept Valverde up a little bit and Vinicius. They were looking for those balls, but in particular, the big thing for me when Diaz got it was. They wanted to get push him wide to isolate him, yeah. and then they wanted to get two on him, so we could yeah. either lose the ball or play it back to Robertson, and they could get back into shape. That's what I thought, Kev. On him, I mean, he he Carvajal has come up against the Luis a, a Luis Diaz probably ten times a season in Spain. You know, it's not new to him, and again, this is his first big major final. You know, outside of a Copa where he was top scorer, he's never played in a game of this magnitude. So. Between him and Abu Kanasi, they're going to come out of this with a, a vastly more experienced outlook on how to play these games. And there's only got to be more to come from them. But when you get to a final, it doesn't matter how good or bad you play. You need to get it over the line, and we just didn't. And credit to Courtois. He was outstanding on the night. But you could tell from the first minute, we got a free kick. And normally, they defend a free kick in exactly the same way as we do. High line. Ancelotti had him sat virtually on the penalty spot and said, right, okay, anything that you clear, you put in is going to be in front of us. And whether that caught us on the hop or we weren't prepared for it, maybe we thought that Madrid would come and give us, you know, play us a straight up game. 
they didn't. They played exactly the same way as they did against PSG in the first leg of the PSG game. Uh, they sat back, they soaked it up, and they hit on the break. And look, they got it. They got it. They just did the one chance that they had, and they took it. Shit happens, but as you said, there's no point digging out any of the players who were on the pitch because I said in a tweet last night it wasn't from the lack of effort. They tried. It just didn't come off. They had good chances. They weren't clear-cut chances. They created chances for themselves. And sometimes in games like that, you sometimes you just need a bit of luck. And when a shot from Salah on his right foot comes off the outside edge of Courtois' arm and flies off into the night sky, you just know it's not going to be a night. Mm. Um, Chris, you know... <laughs> We're not going to go through every every single facet of the game. We're, we're kind of looking at it on a broader scale, I suppose, with regards to how we played, how they played. And, and somebody said earlier they were surprised how defensive Real Madrid went. I wasn't surprised at all. I thought I, I said it to lads before in the pub and stuff. If 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 Real Madrid want this to be a big open game, I think they're in trouble. You know, um, simply because I thought with our centre halves we could get in behind them if it was an open game where they kept it really compact. Look. Two things I want to talk about before we move on, right? Um, from the game itself. Uh, one, the goal um, by them. And secondly, is there anything different you would have done starting 11? Um, who you brought on and did a show like it's 63 game season, so you have to bring that into, into, into your thoughts. But did a show Liverpool as a really, really, really good side, but probably needs something somewhere? Did it, did it kind of focus what, what we might need to do in the summer? Um, I'm, still, I'm, look, I'm, I'm still quite down about it because as great as the season's been, and it has been a really exceptional season, for it to be a truly monumental season, you have to win one of the big boy cups, which is the league or the European Cup. Uh, and unfortunately for Liverpool, too many of our players were just just not quite at it at their level. And I, I was found the starting lineup. It's a sad lineup. I think me and Kev talked about on Friday so I, I can't turn around and say I wouldn't have picked that the debate was only Canati's pace or matters of experience he went with Canati's pace he was probably Liverpool's best player he was absolutely brilliant um, the concern we had was the subs he brought on made sense you know we went 4-2-4 in the end going for it I can't blame Klopp for what he brought on unfortunately all the lads he brought on bang out of form Joss has been not quite firing all cylinders for a couple of weeks he's just hit that rut that dip that everyone hits Bobby's only come back off another injury and Cater, he didn't have a great game with his Wolves and unfortunately he just seems to have brought his Wolves performance, not the performance we've seen two, three weeks earlier. And so it's one of them I'm sort of going, there was, it was probably a game actually, and people may laugh, but it probably was a game for an Origi to come on. Something big, something physical, something different. And that's why I can understand the, um, oh, I can understand the, the um, argument for people saying, we need a more traditional number nine. Maybe not to start, but maybe to bring off the bench. I mean, I know they have a different level of money than us, but City have not hit their target this year, which is they want the Champions League. And I don't care what any City fan says, they do want to win the Champions League at some point. Uh, but they can score goals for fun. But they're realising the key games, Real Madrid, like they've done to us, you need someone to come off the bench who is a traditional number nine who just scores goals and is just a poacher. And that's what they've, gone, they've tried to do with Haaland. And maybe that's the evolution for Liverpool, you know, with the potential look of Marnie moving on. Maybe this is a start of an evolution of the new squad, but 
look, I know we I'm pretty buoyant about Liverpool, but um, I'll be honest with you, I found this that defeat quite quite hard to take because I've seen how well Liverpool could play this year and they just didn't play to the level in attack that I've seen Liverpool play to, which is quite hard to take in probably the biggest game of the season. Yeah, look, there was a part in the first half where, like like I said, I thought Liverpool were playing well. I thought they were winning the back, winning the ball back really well and they weren't, they weren't panicking when they won it back. You know, like sometimes you win it back and you might try something and, and for no reason cause, just because you won it back. They weren't. When the full-backs were winning it back, they were getting it inside to the centre-backs. We were playing again. Thiago was on it all the time. and But you could see that Real Madrid sensed very quickly that if they get out of shape here, Liverpool were willing to put bodies forward. Their, their full-backs were really high as they always are. Henderson was getting on. Um, Thiago was just filling in holes and, and, and making a tick. And they really, really, you know, um, compressed everything. And, and that's that's what their game is. And there was a ball from Henderson <coughs> last night. And I hate when he does it. But I could understand what he was trying to do, where he whips one in from that kind of inside right channel. It goes straight into Courtois' hands. Now, Courtois catches it probably near the penalty spot. And people around me were like, oh, for fuck's sake, will you stop doing that? But I could understand where he was coming from. It was something different. Now, I thought Henderson was good off the ball last night for the first half an hour or so where he was pressing but I can understand where people are coming from where they say if you had someone in there that would actually carry the ball commit people be a bit more creative I absolutely get that but Liverpool probably should have looked to do something like what Henderson was doing and saying right we'll play we play we play but at some stage we're just going to whip one right on the penalty spot head height and just, just go and attack it and I don't think we've done enough of that I don't I don't think our variation and stuff um, was great last night on the goal, though, you know, Courtois has a great game. He has a great game. There's no doubt about it. Some of our finishing, not great. But some of the saves he makes, really, really good. In other European Cup finals, you're probably going, we scored two there tonight. You know, we've scored two really good goals tonight. On their goal, I've seen an awful lot about, oh, Trent, um, oh, at the back post and stuff like that. And look, Trent has to shoulder some sort of blame for it. There's no doubt about that. But I think the midfield have to shoulder some blame as to how Real Madrid got into that position. I think Virgil van Dijk has to shoulder some some blame for, for me, a little bit of a lazy attempt at blocking the ball. I don't know why he's leaning like that with his leg behind him and stuff like that. I, You know, and, you know, should Canate get to it? Should Canate be deeper? Should should Alisson? You know, you could ask so many questions. It's just one of those where it's flashed across goal. Guy gets on the back of it. And I think he's onside by millimetres as well. So... You know, but going back to Keats thing, we'd loads of time to get back into it. And Real Madrid were always going to compress, compress, compress to the point where they were literally just getting nearly as many people behind the ball as they could and leaving Modric as actually their out ball as opposed to Benzema. He was their out ball, you know, 10 yards, 15 yards inside Liverpool's half to try and get it and play. And I felt sorry for Liverpool a little bit. You know, if that Salah chance goes in, you don't know what's happening. He does really well. Great touch. Goes past um, Mendy, I think it is. Um, hits a really good right foot shot. You could argue should he keep a lower, but it's it's flying in the top corner. It's a good save. So I was just glad of, he took her on his right because he's too predictable, just constantly cutting in on the yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. He's got on his right foot. He tends yeah. to catch teams unaware. Sorry for yeah. that. One. But 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 I just think it was kind of a mixture, a mixture of things last night. You know, a little bit of poor finishing, some good goalkeeping. I think the goal is a little bit. You could throw things at a few players, but it can happen. We have many goals you see like that scored every week, you know. And and at the other end of the pitch, I think Jota tried really hard. Mane, Salah never stopped, to be fair. Kate was okay, didn't stop. 
Um, nobody gave up, but it was just one of those where, like I think it was Kev said, our set pieces weren't good enough, not enough. There just wasn't enough um, intent on them for me. You know, I'd love to see us in swinging corners all the time, right on the six-yard line, because Courtois was committing to a lot. And it's if you can get the ball, yeah, he is. But but if, you're, six, but if you're not beating six. the first man, and then the next one is floating in the air, he's going to he's going to get it. But if you're willing to whip one in with decent quality on on the six yard line, and he's to come through a load of bodies, um, I think we might have seen something different. But mm. look, it's one of those you have to take on the chin. With regards to fans of other clubs and all having a go, just ignore them. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I've seen I've seen fans of other clubs there, oh this and all that and I'm kind of going you just keep going because the longer people give out about Liverpool and think they're having a great laugh about Liverpool you know where Liverpool what position they're in so if that continues you know it's a good sign and at the end of the day we are watching Liverpool play in a European Cup final last night and they weren't so simple as that um, people hate what they fear hmm? people hate what they fear yeah that's, well, what it is. that's the thing but look I want to move on because Probably the the biggest thing, um, the biggest thing. Uh, sorry, Arsenal for life said he was delighted we lost last night. That's fair. He's in this fucking group all year, and we've. Been Is that the fine. same one? Was that not Arsenal fan for life or something? Is this the no? I think that's him. The same one that's in there because if it is him. I admire the sneakiness because he's been very respectful all year and as soon as we win he's coming in <laughs> dropping blade hooks all over the place. <laughs> no, I think you know, that is him. More um, his commitment. He he said he was delighted, blah blah blah. But then he said, I'm just messing. I hope you're yeah. all feeling okay though. It's been a tough week. I'll take tough weeks like that every year. Um, because yeah. sometimes they won't be as tough and you know what comes at the yeah. end of it. But look if 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 a season <laughs> ends and you're disappointed only winning two cups, I'll yeah. take that disappointed all this yeah. And you know, and you know something? I think I think it's important um to congratulate Real Madrid because yeah, yeah. you know they're a side in transition went you know yeah, what I mean they're, yeah they're I, far I think they are finished article. yeah they're far from the finished article but I think yeah. Ancelotti's done a great job he's done a brilliant job and I think the age of the squad when you see how he's going to transition them through the likes of Camavinga coming on I think it's going to be huge for them they're looking at show many so are we we don't know what's going to happen there but you have to congratulate Real Madrid because you know when you see the name Real Madrid you expect you know, from the early 2000s, swashbuckling, galactic stuff. But Ancelotti has kind of gone, no, I'll come out and I'll play this game because this is probably the best of what we've done. And they played their game really, really well. They had the goalkeeper to tank on occasion. Um, might have got a little bit of luck with the goal, but if you don't, if you're not in it, you can't win it. Exactly. And you have to kind of congratulate them and um, say well done to them because did they deserve to win last night? That's arguable. But it's hard for me to be... Um, non non boys towards Liverpool when it comes to that, but overall Real Madrid, um, a brilliant run to the final, and they just nicked it from us in the end. And fair play to them, and I'm sure they'll um, they will enjoy their celebrations. Now I want to move on because probably the biggest thing to come out of last night was the absolute farce that was um, pre-game and post-game for Liverpool fans, and I think Real Madrid fans because I've read a little bit about this as well. The organisation around getting to the ground, um, ticket checks, security, getting through turnstiles and stuff like that. And um, someone that a few people have said, um, and Dicko uh, put this in earlier and I kept it because I wanted to. Because he said, breaking GFF police, which are the French police, uh, Paris. Um, yeah, uh, have reportedly report, foiled in France blaming fans' uh, fake tickets. Now, 
Look, I'm sure everyone... 40 to 40,000, they claimed. Yeah. 40 to 40,000. Which is absolutely preposterous to say. All right. Um, they counted the... Yeah, between 20 well, and 40,000. It's a big gap, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, the, uh, the, first, the first thing I'd like to say is, and, and probably one of the biggest things I've seen, I've seen so many, I've seen an awful lot of stuff last night from um, people that weren't there, um, throwing some, all sorts of accusations. The this, the picture, that the, or the thing that goes up on the screen in the start of France about tip, uh, fans being late was appalling, all right? Yeah. And uh, do you know what? I've tried to filter out an awful lot of what, I've read today and gone with journalists that were there, media that were there, Liverpool fans that I would know on a, on, on a social media level, I suppose, that you'd follow them for a long time and you know they're not like bullshitting you. And basically the story comes out that fans turn up nice and early. They expect to get off the metro near the start of France. They expect to walk down, have tickets checked wherever they need to. Go on, carry on, maybe a second check, and then towards the turnstiles, through and into the ground in plenty of time. Fans were, two hours before the game, were turning up to the Stade de France, which is more than enough time to turn up a football ground, you know, um, to access it. What you've seen, though, and, and I read something really interesting uh, today with regards to the security around Euro 2016, at the same stadium, by the way, where they basically had, you know, like an... A, a, an iron wall around the Stade de France for a mile in every direction. And you, when you got to this, you your ticket was checked and it meant that millions of people weren't converging on one big area. Um, you would have a check. You would then go to a secondary check um, halfway between there and the stadium. And after your secondary check, you would then make your way to certain parts or certain areas that you would make your way into the actual stadium through the turnstiles because all the checks have been done and there's loads of room for people. What seems to have happened there, no, not what seems to have happened, what has happened is that fans show up nice and early. They are expecting to access the stadium via a certain place. And there's vans everywhere blocking off parts of streets. And instead of the street being 50 yards wide or 100 yards wide, it's 20 yards wide. So they're all being, you know, um, shepherded into these really small areas. And then they're being pepper spread, tear gas, kids, like... Are, are you away for Champions League final? Two hours before the game is due to kick off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I think it's an absolute disgrace what's going on, and I, I hope Liverpool do something about it. I believe they will. Um, I think Merseyside Police were over there to like the Arrow All Games, and we'll do that. But go and read them, um, go and read what's being said by journalists who I don't even think are Liverpool fans. They just happen no. to be there and see no. stuff. Like you know what, says, God, we are very lucky about that because without those journalists, and I'm not a fan, sorry for coming across you, I'm not a fan of a lot of the, the tabloid journalists and all that, but the fella, I can't, Rob Draper, I think, from the Daily mm-hmm. Mail, done yeah. a thread about it. Mm-hmm. And when these fellas are talking you through exactly what happened in that situation, you know there's no fucking blame on Liverpool fans. Every single journalist, every single pundit, every single person, forgetting about Liverpool fans, 
look at what their tales were to this. No blame can be put on Liverpool fans. It's all down to the organisation, but sorry for coming across. No, um, Declan says Paris was a shambles. We'll never go back after last night. Mm. Um, he got in early enough, but he could, he could see it all unfolding outside from the top of the stand. He's never been as scared as he was walking back to that train station after the game. Of course, after the game, um, it, didn't seem, the it didn't seem to be any perimeter. It was just... Um, what has been described as tugs outside trying to slash people and rob people and stuff like that. Jason McAteer said his wife was mugged and his young son yeah. assaulted as well. So, like, this isn't just something that's made up. The narrative that was being brought um, towards Liverpool fans is the most annoying bit of it because, look, I'm all for crowd safety. You know, everyone is getting into games in a nice, in a timely fashion, going through torn styles you know, like a human being should do and going to a game and behaving yourself, enjoying yourself, but behaving yourself. But gates being locked and people not being let in is ridiculous. The video of the guy holding his ticket going, look, I've just had my ticket. I just want to get into the ground. He's pepper spray for no reason. There's actually a video of a guy putting his ticket into the machine. Guy just comes over, bang, pepper spray. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Unix says, wasn't Paris last night. Such an uneasy and hostile atmosphere from some of the locals and police. Saw some disgraceful actions from the French police. Careful. But you even, even hear now, journalists who were uh, took into a hut by the authorities and told, take your credit off, delete everything off your phone before we let you in. That, really? That's all going yeah, yeah, I think it was a, uh, I think it was Neil Jones or one of the national <clears throat> press guys retweeted it because unfortunately for UEFA, um, we're in the world of social media and we're in the world of everyone's got a camera phone, so you can delete it off his phone, but 15 yeah. other people have seen it. Uh, but listen, the uh, the PR machine was in full swing 10 minutes when there was, in, when there was ever a sign of any, tr- any trouble or delays and they were very clear of who they were blaming. But unfortunately for them, the only people who believe that are the usual saps that believe anything negative yeah. uh, about Liverpool. And my best people with those people is, don't educate them. Don't don't retweet them. Delete. Just block them. Delete them. Move on. They're not worth your time. But the fact that you, that you said you've got very senior press reporters who have no affiliation to Liverpool are all saying this, and they're still trying to peddle this bollocks. It's mm. fucking outrageous. Look, my brother was at the game. Now he got in very early, so actually he avoided all this nonsense. But I must admit, I was anxious till I got the text to say he was he was in the car going home. Okay, and he said himself he got home out the crowd with no real trouble. He said the atmosphere was tense. And he, he even says he thinks that affected the get, uh, the crowd in the game. Cause I think a lot of people were more worried about getting out afterwards. Getting out. What, what the fuck am I going to say? They're getting out. I mean, I've seen tweets from Liverpool women players who I follow. And one of them said they stood their queue and got pepper sprayed. Yeah. And this is, this is a professional athlete, you know? So it's not like this so again, this doesn't fit the narrative of, what they're wanting to picture, which is a football job. And Neil Axon makes the, the best point of the whole thing, which is why is it still football fans that put up with this bollocks? Yeah, if you yeah. go to the theatre, they don't say to you, I'm paraphrasing Neil Axon here, but he says, we don't say to you, get here two and a half hours before kick before the theatre starts. Uh, but if you don't get in, it's your fault. And if we don't get in, we'll blame you. If, what wouldn't happen? You know, I don't have to go to the pitches and, you know, wait two hours before the picture starts to get in. You know, but as football fans, we do this and we pay six, seven hundred quid a ticket and a grand to get over there. And then you treat it like a piece of shit. And it happens all the time. And and a, lot of, a lot of people are talking about like, the, the, not just before the game, but, but in Paris, there was a little bit, 
a bit of an edginess to to what for the whole weekend. Now I've just seen a few people mention that. Nathan says, "Hi, chaps! I was at the game. It was an absolute chaos. I got to the stadium two hours before the game and got to my seat five minutes before kickoff. You know, um, but, but Kev, look, we can, we can we can shout and scream all night about this about yeah. how Liverpool fans aren't in the wrong. We don't need we don't really need to because, in fairness to the likes of." Um, and I'm just throwing a few names out there, but the likes of the journalists that we spoke with, Gary Lineker, I suppose, having none of Gary it last Lineker. night, he was like, that's yeah. fucking complete bullshit. There was, um, I think, I think, um, was someone else belonging to Liverpool, was that it? Steve like McManaman's, one of his relations, his, I think it was his son was attacked as well. Yeah, and, and, and Wayne Stewart says yeah, Andy Robbo's family didn't get in, told he had fake tickets. Robbo yeah. gave them, yeah. um, and Robbo, after giving them the tickets. But, yeah. but Kev, we, look, the the French police are going to double down on this. UEFA, I think, yeah. said stuff and, back. Then, and backed off a little bit, but I yeah. don't know what way it's going to go now if the French police decide this because they have to cover their own arse with regards to hosting anything like this again. But, yeah. Kev, look, we you know with the footage, you've seen it all, right? Yeah. You've seen all the footage. You've seen all the, the eyewitness stuff, right, from reliable people. I, I've see, I see Liverpool fans on, on, online that go to so many games and they're like, I think that's, that's the last European Cup final I go to. Like they just, it was that bad that they're just going, I don't know if I can do that again. But, but Kev, like when you said there, why? I think it was you, why do we keep taking this? No, it was Chris. Um, but yeah, it, we, we take it because the alternative is we get blamed for rushing grounds for anything that goes wrong. So the standards that they've put in place is you arrive early, these are the ticketing procedures. You go through this, this, and this, and everything will be fine. So as fans, we put up with it. But the reality is the French government have experience of hosting events. They've got the Olympics in 2024 in that what city. What we go to that? Who the hell is now? I mean, the best reporting I've seen on this was by your man who does the transfer stuff for Sky. And he walked God, through. That's it. And I wouldn't give him the steam off my... But he walked people through everything that happened, and then you marry that against the written reports of what you're seeing, and they're identical. You know, mm-hmm. and it, this is now going to be down to the club. I think Billy Hogan has put out a, a statement that the club are going to make official complaints to UEFA. Rangers had similar issues in Seville, apparently. Um France in general, apparently tonight there was trouble at Saint Etienne. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah, there I didn't see it yet. I didn't like see it yet. In like a secret style one. Yeah. But it's starting to creep into football. I mean, we've seen a bit of it in England with fans coming on the pitch and players getting headbutted and what have you. You're always going to get the odd few idiots. But eventually someone's going to do something at some game. The worst one I've seen this season was in Spain. It was Real Betis against Seville in a cup game. And someone launched a steel pole at, um, into the crowd. And it was like a javelin. And that was going back a few months ago. The game got abandoned, and that was a local derby. But this is a European Champions League final. I mean, Paris got the game late. They laid the pitch two days before the fucking game because they had a concert mm. booked the night before, and didn't, or the week before, and didn't cancel it. It was, a, it was a car crash from start to finish. You're seeing the reports from everyone who was in the chat who was there. They're mirroring what we all read. I read the first report I read was Kelly Cates on Twitter, who was stuck outside, and she was 
saying what everyone else was saying, that there was pepper sprayed and there was loads of stuff going on at the exact same time as the announcement that the game was being delayed. I thought, hang on. We've been there before. And I had that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I watched the game after it. And I said to you before we come on air, never drink, couldn't be bothered. I, I felt sick. Yeah, I felt so sick that, and reading, reading people's tweets, the minutes after that notice went up, accounts that I know and accounts that I've talked to in the past, how fast they believed the narrative that was being pushed by UEFA and how fast they believed the French police were telling the absolute truth. I thought maybe it's just because I'm a bit older. And a bit wiser and a bit sharper. But I honestly thought in this day and age, people were a bit switched on to this. Maybe I, I give people too much credit, but. Look. These, these, these situations, people's true colours always showed them. As I always say, the mask will always slip with certain people and you you see what happens. But you need, you need half a brain to realise going, within 10 minutes, you've got journalists with no connection to Liverpool from five or six major newspapers, English and Spanish, yeah, all all saying the same thing. They all sat there in a huddle going, right, lads, let's do this together. It's it, In no fucking world is this happening. So, yeah. you know, this where... It's just a sickening... It's sickening how the story evolved. And look, the French authorities have got to double down on it. Guaranteed. Cool. The French ministry... But it wasn't even... Yeah, the interior minister came interior out straight away and blamed British sport. fans. Like, it's, it just goes to show... And look, I don't like to compare Hillsborough, and, but it looked like there was a situation developing there where there was... You're hearing about a crush, you're hearing about this, and how quickly they got their narrative out there. That was fans. It was ticketless fans. It was troubled by the British fans. And there was no sort of thing. I'm very lucky for the age of camera phones. I'm very yeah. lucky that all those Perfect. journalists all sang from the same hymn sheet on that. We're still seeing Liverpool fans getting blamed on it, but that's just the usual shit that you'll get. But you, anyone with half a brain can tell there was no Liverpool fans really at fault on is, this. Yeah, but the, the thing, thing is, is there's got to be no repercussions for this. Yeah, but the thing that's is, the is see, all, see all this fake yeah. ticker stuff, right? My question to that would be, how did a guy get to a torn style with yeah. a fake ticker? Yeah. Because, right? exactly. In the Champions League final, Right, any ground to tell them you have an outer cordon, right? Mm. Or, or when the Olympics comes, or whatever it might be, you have an outer cordon. And when you get to the outer cordon, your ticket is scanned. And the reason yeah. it's scanned is it's to check its authenticity, right? It's not, it's not admitting you into the ground, it's scanning it. They have all the they have all this technology now where they just scan it and go, Yeah, that's real, go right. And then you would get through. And you'll meet a second cordon. And when you meet the second cordon, it's basically, right, we're going to double check that we haven't missed anything. And we're also here to advise you where you need to go with that ticket to get in to this part of the ground, that part of the ground. Most people that go to these events know they've, they've looked up the stadium, they've looked up the sea plan, they've looked up the gates, they've looked up where it was standard, you know, all the stuff. Like, <coughs> if you like someone going to Anfield and going, right, if I'm going into... 304 in the cop, I'm going to go in this gate. You know, they know where they're going. If I'm going in, this, in the lower Anfield Road and I'm going round here, and I'll, this is where I'll make my way to the ground, right? And when you get to a second card, it's usually a case of, yeah, go ahead, yeah, you're fine, or they're checking your bags, or they might take liquids off you, whatever it might be. And then 
your ticket is scanned at a gate. How could all these people get to the perimeter of the Stade de France where there's turnstiles with supposed fake tickets? Nobody yeah, was checking, checking tickets there yesterday. No, there's not Did you one, see the French? There's not, the, but there's not one sorry. video, Keith. There's not one video where there's people trying to check tickets and Liverpool fans are going, what the fuck's going on? Come on, come on, come yeah. on. There's none of that. All it is is all you barrel in here and then we'll, we'll condense the space down and we'll treat you like animals, right? Herding you into somewhere. You heard that we'll, word kettling. Yeah, kettling. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. then, and, we'll, and then what we'll do is we lock the gates and we lock the tones to us. And if you have the audacity to ask what's going on here, we'll pepper spray it. It's, Keith, it's like, it's, it's, it's appalling. It's appalling what's happened. But Liverpool have asked for an independent investigation. Nothing's going to happen here, Keith. They're all no. going to just smoke and mirror this and it'll all go away. Yeah, it's it'll be, yeah, nothing will happen. The French are doubling down on what happened. UEFA are absolute jellyfish cowards. They're not going to do anything about it. When the reality is it was between UEFA and it was between the French to get that sorted and they didn't. Three months they had to get that sorted. Now, this is a stadium, as you say, that held Euro finals, it held World Cups, it held everything, held every Champions major League event. Final. Yeah, this they don't need a year to prep for this. This is one of the biggest cities in the world. They should have the infrastructure there. They should be able to cater for this. And they didn't. Did you see the French uh, TV presenter that went up, ducked under the torn style? Yeah. This ticket wasn't scanning. The blade and security are getting selfies with him when he comes out. But once they let him in, they all start dipping under and dipping under. And all the... the the French locals who this was who they have the issue with was these French youths that hang around the stadium on match days. But as you said, if there's a perimeter around that, they're not getting near it. So how the fuck can they, how can they even, you know, it's not even about checking the fake tickets, keeping these little feral rats out of the, the area should be a priority now, because it's like Kev, when you see the San Etienne stuff tonight, absolutely mental. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely it's not, mental. I've seen some of the lads with the comments in the chat, and yeah, it's it's something. I I heard I was watching Sky News last week, and this someone someone started talking about perimeter fencing. Is that there is no fucking way the football is going to go back down that road again? But what it, it's scandalous that that's even considered an option in 2022 mm. and I can I can see some football federation somewhere is going to use it as an option mm. I mean whether they dig mo- you know I don't I don't, I don't think you, I don't think as a football federation you can I think I think it's a it's an across the board thing Kev where you know like you know in 1994 all stadium and top divisions had to be all seated and all yeah. things had to be removed and stuff like that I'm not sure it is but you shouldn't need it like you go to 99.9% of football games, regardless of if it's a relegation playoff or you win a title or whatever, and no one gets on the pitch. Sometimes they do, right? But sometimes when they get on yeah. the pitch, they're all running around delighted. They've, you know, Bristol Rovers there had to win 7 yeah. or something the other week. They all jumped on. They all ran around. And nobody, there was no harm, right? No. And that's no problem. And even the Everton one, right? Okay, there's that thing with Vieira, but that's one fucking Egypt. Let's be honest about it. You yeah. can't tear all Everton fans that were on that pitch with the one brush because of this. No idiot right and most mm. of the time it's good natured some of the time like saying that at the end tonight it's not they've been relegated at home and they're on they're throwing flares and fucking rockets and all sorts of at, at people Fuck right you know. but th- but that but, but kev it, it, this is where it goes the other way 
you have to trust 99.9% of football fans. Of course right? you do. Because they all turn up, they all have a nice time, they have a drink, they get filled, they go in the ground, they, they shout and scream, they come out and they make their way home, right? But there seemed to be, for me last night, it's not even a case of trust, it's like a, a disdain towards the football fan last night. You know, and why? Because this is being moved from St. Petersburg to Paris. Now Paris and uh, the Stade de France or the French Football Federation clearly would have been asked, can you host this? Yeah, mm. well listen, it's a privilege to host it. It's the Champions League final. It's the it's the biggest game in, in world football, right? On a season by season basis, yeah. right? Why would they show that to Stan? Like that's, it's still nothing for their own image. And on top of I, that, there was no reason to do it. That's what I don't get. The, and I, you could, I'd love to find out from people who were over there. What was, what was the interaction like between um, Madrid fans and Liverpool fans in the city? Because you saw it when it, when we were in uh, Madrid, the interaction between the Liverpool fans and the Spurs fans was brilliant. You know, not, not to trouble. They were mixing together great, and that was the build up. And the build up to the game was absolutely fantastic. We all seen the scenes. I saw I saw one fan park yesterday, or that they were that they had a, a concert at. But in general, I didn't see much else. I didn't see much else of build up. <coughs> it looked like it looked like. Um, it no, looked I, like- I saw I saw the French said that. Did anyone who was going to be in and around the Chandelier or the Eiffel Tower, if they were wearing football tops, they were going to face a fine? Yeah, I thought that's a hostile environment to start with. Yeah, you know, it's like we don't want you here, and if you are going to be here, you stay in this block and don't move from it, kind of thing. Yeah, Passio it was weird. Passio disagrees with me. He says none of it is all right because once you have people on the pitch, you lose control. I completely get that, but sometimes control is lost. In a nice way. You know, people are get exuberant about it. Don't get me wrong, the stuff that happens to Billy Sharp and Patrick Vieira, again, there's, you know, combined, there's probably 80,000 people in those two stadiums and two people have let their whole club down, right? You had that city, didn't you, with the Villa keeper? Yeah, you have that as well. So you're, we're looking at 120,000 people and three people, I think. And you know what? It's probably a good point at this stage because of what's happened over the last couple of weeks and it seems to be something that's grown. I absolutely get that. Cahill says 99.9% can be grand. 0.1% with fireworks will ruin it for us all. It will. Yeah. But what? But listen, that's a, that's probably an argument for another day. People coming on the pitches and stuff like that. And in certain circumstances, you kind of go, Jesus, they're having a great time, you know, getting promoted. And in some other circumstances, it's completely wrong. But I don't I don't think it ever will ever... Um, get you to an argument where you put fencing around pitches again. You just, I think it's absolutely mad. John, I wonder what it'll do for the safe standing, but you know, they were trying to push safe standing. Yeah, but there's a lot of safe standing in the cup now. Loads of it. Yeah. You know. Um, And the the Anthony Road end as well, yeah. John says pitch invasions are shit, I have no time for them. I don't really either. Like, Mm. if I'm I'm in a, a, if I was in Anfield and Liverpool win the title on the last (laughs) of the season, I don't want to see anyone on the pitch. I want to see the pitch clear so the players can, can, you know, can, absolutely enjoy themselves and I think that's probably the best way to go but my whole thing around this is there doesn't seem to be any spark for what's being done there last night there doesn't seem to be any incident or you know attitude from Liverpool fans it's not like they turned up a quarter nine French time expecting to get in the ground and were piling in on turnstiles this is at seven o'clock last night French time two hours before the game who, who the hell turns up to a Champions League final late 
It doesn't yeah. happen. No, it but, never. It yeah. never added up from the start. But it was delayed really? because people turning up at eight o'clock were finding yeah. the people that turned up at seven o'clock couldn't get into the ground. Couldn't so of course you're going to end up with thirty thousand, forty thousand yeah. people outside, and it's half a French time, a half an hour to kick off. Of course you're going to have an issue because you're locking gates and you're shepherding people down these narrow, narrow walkways and stuff like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, look, the only thing that's gonna, we all well, know. The only thing that's, the only thing we well, you know. The only thing that's going to happen is. Liverpool will get a massive fine and we'll be blamed for the delay and they may make us do a game behind closed doors. And, that, oh, and, then, and the UEFA will go, hands washed, that's us done. And we just know that's what they'll do. None of us yeah, will agree with it no. and there'll be the usual hand-wringing and outrage, but they won't do fuck all about it. Because they don't, no want the big, like they don't want... Yeah, you'll be waiting a long time for UK to do Yeah, it'll be a long time we pay it, but... That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but I think what will happen here is I don't think I don't think Liverpool will be punished for it. I think this yeah. will be a case of like you It'll said, trying to wash away. their hands of it in some way, and it'll be smoke and mirrors and independent investigations that will go on for a year, and people go, "Oh, is that still going?" And people lose interest. They just do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I have to say, um, from what I've seen um, of Liverpool fans before and after the game last night, I think the absolute vast majority were impeccably be- impeccably behaved mm. under under what. Sh- would have been very threatening kind of yeah. situation and yeah. one in which if they'd reacted in some way you kind of go well how much did they meant to take here do you know the sort of way yeah. but look um look it's it's i'm sure it'll rumble on over the next days and weeks and and we'll cover it as it goes um where do we want to go to parade so <laughs> keith ah the parade keith parade. i've seen um I've seen loads of the coverage of the parade today. I kind of had it on and I was in and out um, doing stuff around the house. But the big thing to come over for me is, you know, Liverpool fans turned out, regardless of what happened oh, last yeah. night. Now, don't get me wrong, I think if they'd have won last night, you could, I don't know how many more you would have added on to the crowd. But you see Andy Robertson saying, you know, got up this morning, not in great form, didn't think many had torn up. And then he sees what turns up today. Jurgen Klopp says, basically says, look, I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about our club. Yeah. It's the best in the world. We lose, a comp- we used the biggest game in Europe last night. And look, look what's, what's in front of us today. Um, I thought it was absolutely class, a show of class and a, a show of, um, I don't know, not not defiance. I don't think it's defiance, but I think, oh, I we'll, think it is. Do I you? think there's a bit of that, yeah. yeah? I think there's okay. a bit of defiance in it, yeah. No, genuinely, I do. I think it was a case of, you know, Jürgen Klopp's words, I thought, yeah, were very telling. He's more or less saying, I don't give a shiny shite what anyone else thinks about this. This is what we're doing, because this is for their fans. And I loved it. Do you know what I mean? I think, yep, happy days. This is what it's all about. Because... We didn't get a parade for the league and this wasn't a parade for the league, you know what I mean? This was a parade for the cup, but it was a parade to thank the fans. Do you know what I mean? It was for the fans and the team to get together. This is a great team. Don't forget that. This is a fucking great team we have here. And they wanted that as much as we as fans wanted it. You saw the players' reactions. You saw um, Kanate saying he'd never seen anything like this in his life. You see Thiago posting stuff and he's like, the fuck's going on? The women's team got to be involved in it. Which is and massive. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's it. brilliant. That's what you want. That's what they want. You know, that's, that, that's going to that's gonna help that side of football as well, really well. Because look, look what you can see. Look what they can do. It's brilliant. Uh, I have seen someone in the chat, I'm looking at his name saying it's a farce. Fucking do one then. Do you know what yeah. I mean? 
go and, and enjoy, go and enjoy yourself. Mine exactly. I'm going to I'm missed it because I was never unfortunately going to be able to make the prey because of family commitments. So I was I'm expecting you on the bus with the women's team doing an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I know, if, if they'd let me, I would have done, but I don't think that's, that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. But also, the good thing was they had women from uh, people from the women, Liverpool Women's Supporters Club got to go on the uh, the bus as well. So and a couple of people like from the a couple of people that work for the field banks as well. Yeah, yeah. That, as well. Nice commu- that's the nice community part of it. That is what you want football. Well, it shows that's it shows what the, the club thinks of these people and yeah. and is a little bit we're in um you know they, they know we're in touch of them. You know that kind of way they they know yeah. they, they don't just ignore. That. Keith, I'll come back to you though. You know it's huge numbers again, and it's basically saying to this side like. I think it's a thank you to the side for the season yeah. that's in it. Um, like you said earlier, you're you're probably ten minutes away from a league title last Sunday. You're nicking a goal somewhere last night for the European Cup, but you still won two trophies. And I seen a great one today where someone said, "Hold on, um, we're we're accused of disrespecting these trophies, and then when we go and win them, we're accused of overegging them." So where where would you like us to go with this? You know, um, but Keith, you think it's a bit of defiance, and you think I. Maybe so, and, and it's kind of like, well, with you, and we go again next year. Yeah. Because I think the players would have felt it. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the the time when we only spoke about Divock Origi the other day, and he scores in the West Brom game, and Klopp gets them all to thank the crowd after a two-all draw, and everyone made a laugh at that. But that was important. That's one of the most important moments of the Klopp era, even though it's it's a two-all draw home to West Brom. bringing it but and getting the team and the fans back together, so fans aren't leaving early. This is saying, like, don't worry, we're all down here. The the players are all down. They got beaten, as you say. Andy Robbo didn't think many would be there. They saw what it meant to the people. They saw what it meant to the fans, and they know the fans are behind them. And like I said, I'm a big Calvin Harris fan, but I wish he'd have turned the fucking music off when Klopp was trying to do his uh, his chatting, you know, because you Klopp couldn't really hear him. Yeah, Calvin, knock it off, mate. We'll put it on in a minute. Yeah. But I just thought Klopp's words were, I thought were very, very, very defiant. It's like a sage mentality, but not in the sense of, you know, the Jose Mourinho sage mentality, more of a, because Klopp doesn't, he's a smiling assassin, you know what I mean? It, I just felt he was saying, look, the fact that he was saying, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I couldn't care what people outside this club thinks. I thought that was very telling. Managers don't usually... Don't you come out with that? But Klopp's been saying a fair bit of it. He said it after Wolves, didn't he, last week when um, he says we'll be having a parade, and if that annoys people, good. And Mm. you know, this is this is the this is the sort of thing that will rally again. You know, when you feel down, right? You feel down. I've seen again Liverpool fans on Twitter worst week of our lives. Blah blah blah. Listen. Fucking Hodgson. Do you not remember that? Yeah, day? exactly. That's that's I, that's exactly it. Like, we're getting beaten oh. in a Champions League final and could have had a quadruple. We won two trophies. As you said, Gav, we get pilloried for not taking them serious. The year we take them serious, they have two Mickey Mouse tournaments. No matter what happens, there's always a but, an and, and, and. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We won two trophies there. We had a parade. The women's team were there as well. Oh, but it was only the championship, not the premiership. So what? Do you know what I mean? It's bringing... The club, it's bringing the women's team because we all know the women's team got neglected. The women's team won, yeah. didn't they win? They won two Premier titles, didn't they, a few years yeah. ago? Uh, same manager won back to back WSLs and then within four year, four or five years, relegated. Yeah. 
But they, the club lack, didn't lack put anything into it. Yeah. They, they, they ignored the women's team. And to bring them back and to get them back into the into the fold, it's a bigger picture. It's all bigger picture stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's all big picture stuff. And Klopp, this is this is what he's in it for. He wants the fans. You're seeing it more and more. He was always very much a, a man of the fans, whether it was at Dortmund, whether it's at Mainz and Liverpool as well. But you're seeing it more and more. Now, I think he's getting a bit more militant, which, yeah, yeah, I can get well behind this because mm. I just think, you know, Liverpool fans will always support uh, the team. Well, in the main, you know what I mean? Most fans will support the team. But when you have Klopp leading, you have a, a, a Messiah a, a Messiah like figure there. I just think, you know, that that helps get it back. Because you lose a Champions League final. The last time we lost to them, on the Monday we announced Fabinho. <coughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So today and we just had a big parade instead. Today we had a big parade. Now the news is breaking about Sadio Mane. That's bad news, blah, blah. Fuck it. We're having a parade and we'll worry about that tomorrow. <laughs> well, look, the, pra- the Sadio Mane thing um, I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Kev, parades all for it. Cheer you up. It did. Uh, do you know, I wasn't expecting it to. I was. I think G10 put a comment in there earlier on. I was sceptical. And I, th- I was wondering, like, I think a lot of the players, how many people are really buying into this? And then when you saw the numbers, when you saw the streets, it's like, it, it it's a, m- a reminder, if you ever needed one, that social media is a microcosm of yeah. opinion that doesn't reflect society. And that be that in football, be that in life, it doesn't. And what you saw today was a city and a club coming three years out of COVID or two years out of COVID. And for the first time, the whole city, people who can't go to games, who can't afford to go to games, young you know, young families who got kids who just cannot afford match day tickets, got to be able to go out and celebrate their, celebrate their club for the first time in two and a half years. And you say it wasn't about the league. It was for me. It was everything that this club has achieved, good and bad, winning the title, Get it, fighting to get into the top four, get into the Champions League final and everything in between. And it was a release. That's what it was. It was a release for of emotion for the entire city, for the red half of the city to just let it all out. And with Klopp's speech, he knows what's coming. He knows who's going, but he also knows who's coming. And he's really defiant. And with our record in the market and him sounding bullish, and telling fans to book your hotels for uh, Istanbul. You know, it's uh, the omens are good for us. You know, and like you said, Keith, we are a very, very good side. We're a top tier side. We are one of the best sides in Europe. And look, hats off to Madrid. Madrid are the best side in the world at the moment. They have walked the walk, they've beaten everyone, and they stand on the top of the hill. But they're there to be knocked down now. And we'll go again next year. And we'll do our level best to knock them down. Yeah, look, I think we're going to do a season review at some stage, Jordan, this week. We're only talking about it before we come on, what we're going to do this week. And um, I will touch on them, uh, touch on all that before we leave. But the last thing a few people have asked with regards to Sadio Mane, um, I've seen a quote today, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of lost because like fucking some quotes here, some quotes there, and then you're like, that quote isn't actually real. This is actually what he said, you know, the usual. But I did see one today saying that um, Sadio Mane has said he hasn't um, made a decision on his future. Um, it's a big decision and he'll need time. Chris, I'll come to you first. I just want your go feeling on this. Stay or go. 
sadly, I think he's going, which is, I would say, out of the original front three, I thought he'd be the one that stayed out the three. But I think when it's come from Neil Jones and the usual Liverpool journos that they're implying he's going to go, they've got wind of something. And it's unusual for them all to do that sort of speculation, which ugh, it's a shame uh, because I, I love Sadio Mane. And, you know, he was the first big cog in the club, in the clock machine to get this going, you know, and he is the, when you think of the early clock years, it is Sadio Mane. And he, that leads to us getting the most out of that. So if he, I think he goes, uh, which I'm really gutted about because uh, I think he's great. And I just think now we're starting to see phase two of Mane, which is as a number nine, which I think he's brilliant at. And I think he would have been brilliant for us next year as a, as a number nine. That's the thing with the parade. I, the parade did cheer me up because I, I must admit Kev's had messages off me. I've been quite <laughs> dour and not 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 been a chip chip herself as all day. But it maybe this is also a bit a bit of a, a thank you and a goodbye to this current squad because we probably are now gonna see that famous front three no more. And we are gonna start seeing the next the next evolution, which it happens to all clubs. All clubs go through that evolution. So maybe this is Klopp's way of also saying thank you and goodbye to Klopp version one. We're going to clock version two now, which yeah. look nobody likes change, but I think that's the way it is. So, sadly, I do think Manny's going. Unfortunately, Kev, there you go. Yeah, I think he goes, but apparently he hasn't asked to go. He hasn't put in a transfer request, or he hasn't told the club officially what he wants to do. I think he goes, but I think he goes on the club's terms yeah. because if it's a derisory offer, they'll keep him for the year and let him go for free. Yeah, well, Klopp um, did mention that anyone that has a year left in a deal has been offered yeah. deals at Liverpool. It won't and change. They, yeah, they all know where they stand. Yeah, including Mo Salah. It's a case of look, this is the deal. If you don't want to sign it, that's fine. That's up to you. But it's not going to change. It's not going to improve. And in fairness, if he's if Mo Salah is going to be offered the top wages at the club and be the top the club's top earner, he needs to come back in. August and show why he deserves that yeah. that amount of that amount of money. It, pro- it, probably, sh- it probably shows he hasn't done it. No, no. We, look, he hasn't been in great form, and, and it's allowed. You yeah, know, he's been unbelievable for four years, five years, or whatever. For me, that for me, that would make me stop and say, "Look, okay, there is a really good offer on the table for you to stay for three or four years. You're thirty years of age, and this will take you up to thirty-four. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the biggest contract the club has ever issued to anyone, on the on the strength of you putting in a pile of shite for four months. Yeah, in comparing to what what you're normally turning out. So, mm-hmm. but I think I think with with the club saying that the, you know, Klopp has said that these players know they know where they stand. The deals are being offered. So I think it's also kind of saying. Um, like, if you want to run them down, run them down. I think the club are kind of saying... Now, they might be called a bluff a little bit, but the club, if from what club is saying is true, the club are very comfortable. You know, um, if if Salah wants to go, we'll put a price on him and he can go, or he can run it down. Sadio decides he wants another challenge, you know, to be a price problem. Okay. If he doesn't, we let it run down. But, but at the same time, you don't want players there for a year when they don't want to be there. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a balancing act. I, before I go on to Keith, I'll give him the last word. Now, I, th- I do think he goes. Um, he got my blessings, to be honest with you. He got with like, all the respect in the world. I think Chris said he's the first cog in it, and he was. He was the one that started it all, Sadio Mane. He's been nothing short of exception for literally five, uh, six, six years at Liverpool. And um, it'll be six years in August, I think. And, you know, 
absolute warrior of a player. You know, I remember him going playing AFCON and coming back and about two days later he play he comes on as a sub against Norwich yeah. um in nineteen twenty. But yeah. you know what? All these things come to an end. If you told me tomorrow he's staying, I'd be absolutely thrilled. I think you're seeing a reaction where people are going, well, well, they signed Diaz, that's Mane's replacement. And when Mane goes, they won't be signing anyone else. And I'm kind of going, all right, but let's see what they do. Because you have to yeah, trust but, them. But Origi's going as well, so you've got to replace his minutes. Yeah, well, look. I, but but this, this is what I'm saying. When it comes to the summer, people just need to chill out. And we, we will yeah. be talking about transfers throughout the summer. And just what we think what's happening what's being rumoured and stuff like that and we go through that probably once or twice a week as well Keith um, any hope he stays or do you think no that's that's Mane done no, I think he's gone yeah I think he's gone uh, I'd love it if he stays I, I was selling him we all know that I was getting rid of him but it was only because of the contract situation and, and trying to get money for these players but I agree with something you said there Gav you know, Klopp did come out and say the the club have made their position clear on all the players with a year left and there won't be any sort of changes to that. And I think the club have more or less said, yeah, look, you can run your contracts down to the front three specifically. Right? So Sadio, Mo and Bobby, mm. you know, they don't really owe us anything. If I'm being totally honest, they've come in and they've won it all. They've done brilliant for us. Um and I think they'll allow go. And I think what's happening with Mane now is I think the Lewandowski thing is after is what's what's after thrown that I don't think they planned to sell Mane. I think Lewandowski wanting out of Bayern Munich means Bayern need a replacement. And he's the one that they want in there to replace him as annoying. And from Mane's point of view, I can understand if that's the move that, that's going to happen, why he would want it. Because we keep saying, you know, where can Mo Salah go? Who can buy him? Because the the Spanish teams, they're not really where... They, I know Real win the Champions League, but they're not where they were. It's not the top destination now. Uh, the Italian league isn't there. PSG, it's a bit of a bleeding graveyard. Bayern are a good team. You know, you, it's a one-horse league or whatever, but... They, they don't have the same smell off them that the likes of PSG do and all and, and they still have that sort of big club sort of aura about them. Yeah, they have that mystique about them and I think, you know, I think the uh, the, the lore of going there now at 30 years old is 30, isn't he? He's 30. The lore of going there now at 30 <laughs> has just the, 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 op, the, the, the sort of opportunity has a, has presented itself and that's why I think he goes I think he's you know I think that he kept them all and let them all run down and and I think this talk of 25 million and people are going ape shit over it I think that's going to be the fee it's the same exactly the the fee's been reported as 25 million with 8 million in add-ons and the add-ons are going to be look paid because they're going to win the league He's going to probably end up as top scorer in the league, and they'll get they'll go deep in Europe. But Sadio has won everything, you know. He's he's literally won football with us. He's given us some of the best moments, some of the best goals, the back heel goal, you know, the 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 one against Bayern Munich from, from Virgil's long ball, the stop and chip. He's an yeah. outstanding, outstanding player, and replacing him is going to be difficult. But given the track record of the club, you give them the benefit of the doubt that Sadio's not moving until the replacement is lined up. And it will be a replacement who will be able to come in and hit the ground. It'll have to. I think because it's, I there's think going it's to be no let up next year. I think it's a, it's, it's a really weird situation because 
I look at Firmino plays down the middle. I don't think Jota's a wide player. I think he plays down the middle. Yeah. I think Salah or Mane, people saying, some people saying oh, he's pushed out of position because of Diaz's form. I think Mane, they just seen him went, Jota's not in great form. Bobby's Bobby's uh, injured. I'm going to put Mane in there. Mane might see himself as wanting to go back out on the left and you never know. But I think it's a really weird one because even if he leaves, right? Even if he leaves with Origi gone, I still think you're trying to square peg round hole a little bit because you're going to end up with Salah on the right that has a year left on his deal you'll end up with Diaz playing down the left now I know it's a squad game so you can put them anywhere but then I kind of look and say what do you sign because you have a nine in Firmino you have a different type of nine in in Jota do you go and sign an out and out nine goal scoring nine and do you say right someone's going to end up kind of going I have to go and play second fiddle to Salah here who plays every game or I'm going to play on the left and I don't want to I think it's actually quite a hard one but look the summer will um, tell you know I think they will sign players and we'll, we'll see where we are come the first week in August Unkunku was getting a lot of a lot of talk yeah. and I see Unkunku as a as a wide sort of option um, and I don't know I think we'll go more for central player even though we are saying we have got Bobby and we have got Jota I think they would look we, maybe to do the central striker and then a winger next season when Salah goes. You know, it'd be it's very hard to guess. It is very. Hard I think to we change. I think we change shape. That, that's. I can that's see. I can. I yeah. I can see us going to a two-man midfield. The too many links screened four-two-three-one or four-four-two to me, hmm. um, and then if that doesn't work out, Sangari at PSV. Exactly the same. Yeah, mold. it's been a lot. Of talk. You know, he's, he, yeah, he's in exactly the same kind of mold as Chiumeni, six foot three, a pure bull of a, a number six. You know, and whether it's a case that we turn around and say, okay, we've got a front four, you still got Taki around as well. Hmm. You know, you still you, got Curtis Jones. You know, you still got Harvey Elliott, and you've got the young lad coming in from Fulham. Yeah, I think you do need a focal point striker if you're going to change. Yeah, well, I think look, we need that option. We we have all summer to talk about that, oh, and um, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have all summer to talk about that and talk about, you know, how we do it. We take all the all the links and we go through them and say what we think, and um, whether it be yes or no, and get the views of the people in the chat. Before we finish up, Failicon is a char- charity partner. Um, as I said, we've gone past the. F- 50% uh, mark so we're going towards the 100% mark now if possible the link is in the description if you want to know all about them there's another link in the description all also where you can donate you can take that link and you can send it to friends family colleagues wherever it might be or if you're thinking of doing some charity fundraiser stuff and you want to um, make fail upon your charity and link it through us you can absolutely that as, absolutely do that as well um, but go and check it out with regards to the summer, first of all, I'd like to thank everyone for watching all season. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, the chat is spot on. It always is. And um, hopefully it'll stick with us through the summer when we bring you our drafts, quizzes, drinking, um, transfer stuff and whatever else we can fit in. But <coughs> for this week, we're going to have winners and losers tomorrow night. It's going to be um, Phil, Dicko and P tomorrow night. Um we're going to do a season review, possibly on Tuesday or Wednesday. We're going to throw in a transfer agenda show just for the crack to get us kicked off because we will be into June. Um, we will have the viewer's voice, which was brilliant last Thursday. We're going to do that again on Thursday. Um, Sports Unplugged will be with you on Friday and the lads are going to 
look at loads of stuff over the summer um, wherever comes up in sport but a lot of football stuff as well they're going to try to get some guests on from different clubs to talk about their clubs and stuff so there's a lot there um, there's a lot there uh, that we're going to walk on throughout the summer let us know if you like it or don't like it that's absolutely fine but once once again from all of us I want to thank everyone for watching subscribing liking sharing commenting and um, from now on all we want is your comments as of tomorrow's show Um Cav Oldham is ready for a break, so am I, but I don't get one, Cav, so you'll have to stick with it. Um, that has been I'm it. Uh, back in about four weeks, uh, is it? I think it's the Premier League starts back on Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Kev, anything else before we go? No, I mean, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, joining the team this season. Um, I've loved every minute of it. I've really enjoyed every, all the interactions from the chat, from you guys. It's just been a fantastic year. Um, it's been a great, great season for the club and I just I can't wait to see how this side evolves I'm really looking forward to the summer see how this side evolves and then we can get excited for pre-season and start of the season August 6th it's going to be a crazy year man next season five subs can't fucking wait bring it on Chris anything else before we go no similar since Kev enjoy doing going back to doing Friday shows you know me, me Kevin, and Luke we have a a good giggle, don't we? Uh, normally yeah. winding each other up. Uh, and look, I've enjoyed the ride with the men's team and the women's team. Uh, I've enjoyed the opportunity of uh, covering the women's team a bit more in depth than I haven't have been able to do before. So I'm looking forward to do some more WSL chat next season. Good stuff. Keith, anything else before we go? No. Passe, I always had a nightmare in there uh, in the chat talking about yeah. the show has gone downhill. Since the talk at to- Tosties has declined and he jumped in with Tasties. And now he's and got Tosties, right? <laughs> <laughs> he eventually got there, fair play. Listen, but yeah, we should have a random one somewhere. We should have a random one somewhere where we talk about Tosties and, mm-hmm. and get Andy on and talk about chocolate eggs and, and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And let's just uh, have the odd little random I thrown in, just for the likes of Paseo, just to keep them happy, keep yeah. them. Declan Max says, thanks for all the content this year. Lads, and really enjoyed it, except Keith talking about Brentford, um, which of course... Did you know Keith went to see Brentford? Did you know that? You know what, right? I'm just going to say, right? I spoke about that once, right, and got lashed out. Right? <laughs> and it wasn't right? once. Lashed out. <laughs> it, was. it was. It was one week, right? So I, I brought... And it was one about week? Fabinho. Yeah, but you know four shows that week. Yeah, but it was about Fabinho. It was just like... Uh, it, you know how brilliant he was and, and he won, I won money on a bet off him and all that and I got yeah. lashed out of it he was yeah. talking about matches all the time okay, it's well, not quite look, we'll put, not quite, put a, not quite Villarreal is it though yeah we might yeah. put a ban on it um, next season but look as you know um, th- this week that's coming there will be a lot of normal shows because it's still the week after the season finishing but over the summer <clears throat> we do try to do transfer stuff we do try to do uh, you know historical Liverpool stuff quizzes drafts random stuff and you know what? Loads of people like it. Some people don't. But we've got to the stage now where we just put it out there. And if you like it, you watch it. If you don't, yeah. you don't. Um, we know what we do. We know what we like doing. We know what people like. So we'll try to bring as much variety throughout the season or throughout the summer as we possibly can. And then before you know it, the Premier League will be back. Um, League Cup games will be back. And um, it will um, it'll be... A, yeah, it's another good season to look forward to. That has been the Fatback 4. Thanks a million for watching. Talk to you soon. Over and in. Sports Social Podcast Network.